Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. So let's say you sell something for a hundred bucks. Your profit percentage is $30 or 30%. You're going to take $30 right off the top of that hundred bucks and put it in your pocket as profit. And the reason for that is if you don't feed yourself as an entrepreneur, you will not sustain yourself, right? Yeah. Your business will not be sustainable. And you're doing everyone a disservice by not taking care of yourself first. And that's kind of the method, the, the, like the, the thought behind the book, which mm-hmm. it's funny because I always had a, I always had a mentality as, as an entrepreneur that I eat last, you know? Yeah. I, I eat last. We're going to, we're going to catch the bison. <laughs> we're going to cook the bison and the whole tribe has to eat. Feed the family. Yeah. It's like Simon Sinek's like leaders eat last. Yeah. And that's, and there's, there's something to be said about that thought, right? About that mentality. Yeah. But at the same time, if you can't ensure that there's enough bison left over to feed you, the whole tribe is going to die, bro. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unmistakable Creativity Hour. You're here with Gareth and Srini. What's going on, Gareth? How's uh your Thursday evening going? Oh, you know, pretty good, man. No complaints. How are you? Good. Uh, although I couldn't start the episode with wine because I'm at my parents' house and the one night of the week where they request that I don't drink before seven o'clock is uh, on Thursdays because they do a puja. So they're like, after we're done with the puja, you can drink. So I have to start the episode sober. I don't know if that's what? going to take away from the, the quality of our, our conversation. Oh, <laughs> as ridiculous gosh. as that sounds. This is ludicrous. So what... <laughs> What do you, I'm guessing you have a glass in hand. I do. I just poured myself a glass of Pinot Noir. Yeah, well, I will get to do that about 20 minutes into the episode. So there will be a wine break, which there is always a wine break. And we know we've left the wine break in at times when we weren't (laughs) supposed to, uh, because I forgot to tell Josh there was a wine break. Uh, But here, at least it's a bit more, uh, you know, sophisticated. I'm not just sitting there with a box of wine on the desk because that just, that makes you look like an alcoholic. I mean, or frugal, one of the two. I don't know. Well, I mean, boxed wine has surprisingly gotten a lot better. Do you remember when That's the true. only option for boxed wine was that Franzia shit? 
like you just knew it was bad. You, you'd never drink it. Like it was just one of those things where there are two rules I had in college. I never liked beer. So if they had beer at a frat party, I didn't drink. I only drank hard liquor, which I don't know how that's making me seem like any less of an alcoholic. But <laughs> yeah, but Franzia was crap. And then they they started coming out with like good boxed wine, and it's it's surprising how good it is. Although my dad kind of just you know get, he he basically wrote it off after several months of buying. He was like, yeah, it's not that good. I don't know where he suddenly became more of a, a wine snob, but you know, he, he suddenly decided it wasn't worth buying anymore. It's funny, you know, I remember in my, my, you know, even in, even into my thirties, I think I was drinking, um, uh, not so expensive wine, right? Like buying the 1.5 liters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the double wine bottle yeah. at, uh, you know, out of the grocery store. Cause in California, you know, it's grocery store. Uh, you can be at wine at the grocery store, which you can't everywhere. I never knew that until I moved. Which is so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it, it's a very strange thing when you get out of a state where you you go to like uh, where they don't sell liquor in the grocery store. Like uh-huh. we we'd go to Costco, and every time my dad would be sending things from California with somebody who's traveling during the entire pandemic, he's like, "Do you need anything?" And I was like, "Yes, wine," because <laughs> you couldn't get wine at Costco. Right. Well, you can at our so, Costco. You, you you can't get wine at Costco. Where you were in Boulder? No, not the one that was near us. What? That's the worst, yeah. man. Costco wine's the best because they actually carry some pretty good quality stuff. And it's yeah, they're, even it's their Kirkland brand wines, even their Kirkland brands are surprisingly good, like even yep. their vodka. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously this is not an episode about Costco right. wine or vodka, even though those things come up. So <laughs> what prompted this episode was actually a request from one of our listeners. Take a listen. Hey now, gentlemen, you've got Eric from New York City on the line. How's about this for an episode of the Unmistakable Creativity Hour? Get us acquainted with some of those keystone books that were most impactful when it came to lighting a fire under your tail to make cool stuff and or navigate your respective domains. I've heard much of Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art through the years, and recently Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations has come up several times, and I'm curious to hear about what else gets you going or helps you think differently. Thanks, y'all. It's funny because when he sent that suggestion and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, what are the chances that we're going to find books that we both read given that there's no question I've read more books than you have because oh my, my job requires that only you know, because literally half the guests here have written books. So right. I was trying to think of what we had read recently and you mentioned profit first. So we'll talk about that. And fortunately we have an interview with Mike Michalowicz that we'll revisit some clips from. Yeah. Uh, but I thought we would start with the wealth of nations. You were an applied math major. So you understand economics. Uh, I was a C minus economics student. So clearly I'm a brilliant economist. Uh, and I should be making economic policy. Truth be told, I don't think that you need good grades in economics to make policy because Steve Mnuchin basically handed out, you know, billions of dollars to corporations and screwed over poor people during the pandemic. So clearly you don't need to have good math skills to be nope. a, a, you know, good ec- economist. I mean, if well. you could be the head of the Treasury Department and apparently barely know how to add. Yeah, don't even get me started on, you know, what the, uh, <laughs> the feds are trying to do towards, you know, uh, um, cryptocurrency right now. But like, yeah, OK, um, it's, a yeah, whole, so, it's a whole mess. Yeah. You don't need to know what you're doing in order to run the country, economic policy or otherwise. That that has been proven time and that, again. 
So, <laughs> so to to run any country at this point, you know, right. it's kind of like you know, you got a president in Russia who's like, you know what, I'm going to do things that sets us back, you know, thirty years in one month. Yeah, in terms of progress, that land over there. Did I you hear it? <laughs> well, did you did you hear about that after they shut down all the businesses? Uh, you know, all these businesses pulled out, and this is actually relevant. The reason we're talking about this is because we're going to talk about a book that's well, all about economics. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Wealth of Nations. You talk about a nation that has screwed its wealth over Russia. So it turns out yeah. that by all these businesses pulling out of Russia. It's created this just like ripple effect that potentially has the ability to cause a global hunger strike, like a, a famine yep. and food shortages across the world. And who, who it, gets who gets impacted by that, by the way? It's well, the poor. you know what? <laughs> Not only that, it's the idiots in California who have to live here and pay seven dollars a gallon for gas. Well, I like it literally. Do you remember? Do you remember when we were in high school or like right after we graduated? I remember thinking. Yeah. When this thing goes to $5, we're screwed. It didn't even go to $5. It just went right past it. It just kept going. Well, that's what it is in California. I just filled up the other day and I saw the for the first time in Colorado paid $5 a gallon. I've never seen it at five bucks a gallon in Colorado before. So it's it's high here too. It's like there are places where here it's over $6. I I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to be $7. Like airline tickets have skyrocketed. Because yeah. jet fuel is expensive as hell. Right. Although my cousin in there says they're working on electric planes now, too. That's interesting. But yeah, I, I hey, mean, at the end of the day, though, like all of this, because somebody wanted land. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, you know, we had uh, this guy T-Ball Malkin here, he said, Mannequin here. He said that, uh, you know, the, the, ironically, the real estate industry has been the cause of so many of the world's problems, mm. technically because it's all about acquisition. I don't remember the exact quote, um, but it was fascinating talking because his, his comp- family owns this massive real estate company, but they decided to just go in and do, you know, uh, urban development for low income housing and like mm. really use real estate as a tool for good. Um, I'll, I'll have to find the quote. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I can find it. That sounds uh, like in a my really interesting episode, man. I, I want to listen to that. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he was he was absolutely brilliant. So Wealth of Nations. All right. This is one of those books that honestly I can't even tell you how much it influenced me. And I'll tell you what inspired me to read it. Um, so Naval Ravikant did this podcast, which I know I have referenced hundreds of times, uh, which all of you should listen to. It's the only podcast I've ever actually listened to in detail. Uh, although I have been listening to the the we work the podcast stories about we work after watching we crashed and trying to find stories about Uber too after watching Super Pumped, which both of which have been phenomenal. It's funny because these stories about these legendary people who build these empires and then burn them to the ground from their own actions mm-hmm. seem to make for great stories, very related to this whole idea of economics. So part of what prompted me to read that book was that Naval Ravikant. In that podcast, said something that really stayed with me. He said, "If you ever want to understand a subject, then read the original text in that field uh, that shaped all the thinking." And of course, when it comes to econ or economics, Adam Smith was probably one mm-hmm. of the most influential economists of our time, right? And determined a lot of of what we did. Oh, and so our time, of- I think like he he kind of co- he he did it all like. I don't know that econ really existed as a subject before Adam Smith came along and said the invisible hand. And all of a sudden people were like, yeah. oh, there's oh, there's so much to talk about here. Well, anyway. you know, the the yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing. You know, I ended up, you know, writing this entire article about what the wealth of nations can teach you about pricing products. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, coincidentally, I, we started with that whole, you know, idea of talking about Uber uh, and we work. And one of the things that 
I read in the translation of the Wealth of Nations, and this is something Adam Smith has said, is that self-engine, self-interest is the engine of prosperity. And he said the Wealth of Nations, Adam Smith, was forced to admit that self-interest, not regard for others, was the essential engine of prosperity. Smith notes that unlike most other animals, man has almost constant occasion for the help of his brethren, yet he can't depend on their natural benevolence to get what he wants. He must frame his wants in terms of their self-interest. Thus, in an advanced economy, we all get what we need by working out what others may need or want and providing it. Oh, and yeah. Dude, that's so good. Like, I wish I, didn't, I wish I had just <clears throat> taken more time to consider that sentence 10 years yeah. ago. Because of course, everything be- that my business is built on now is is you know and this is something a lot of my mentors told me in the past before i you know had built what you know gap consulting they they said yeah you want to make money in this world solve problems for people who have money yeah well it, it, so remember i wrote that post about uh that facebook status update about how you can do two types of businesses <laughs> you yeah. know one in which you solve a <laughs> problem for a lot of people who pay you a small amount of money and funny enough if you have Uber's you know, cash flow and, and investment, then you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. But you need so many people to actually pay you that in a lot of ways, even though the innovation itself is an innovation, the final product is a commodity and it's just a race to the bottom. I mean, right. if you watch you know, the Super Pumped or any of this stuff, you can see it just turns into this like perpetual price war. Uh, between right. Uber, right. Lyft, and and you know, and then there was like one or two other ride sharing services that never survived. There was one in Seattle. Uh, There's a third one that, that basically shattered after. Or was the pink mustache? No, Lyft? no. And pink they... mustache is Lyft. Okay, okay. But the thing that that's interesting, right, is that it's true. Right? You solve a problem for a lot of people, and this is something I realized with Memcourse. And you know, I, I'm working on this new series for the newsletter called The Creator Toolbox, and one of the things that I'm, I'm doing is I'm featuring you as somebody who started a business without spending a lot of time or money, mm. and then I, I mentioned that, oh, you made you know 10 grand in the first month after spending $100, but then I had to, you know, I didn't want people to get the wrong idea and said, but there's one caveat to this. Yara solves a problem that doesn't just save people the 10 grand that they spend on him. It saves them way more. So basically, what they spend on your services they probably save way more than that, right? Yeah. Well, and that this, okay, listen, if you're going to sell anything to anybody, you have to, there, there are two forces at work, right? You have to have a price point that allows you to profit. Otherwise you wouldn't mm-hmm. do what you're doing. You also need to have a price point that allows your customer to receive impactful value, right? Mm-hmm. If they, like, all right, and not that anybody would like, you know, just sell you money flat out. But if I said, hey, Srini, I can sell you a dollar and it's going to cost you 50 cents, you would buy it because you double your money immediately. If I yep. say I'm going to sell you a dollar, but it's going to cost you two, you're, you're going to say, well, that's dumb. I'll just keep my two dollars, right? So like, I know that's a, like an overly simplistic, uh, ridiculous example, but it's the same with business, right? If you're selling a service or, or a product, the person buying it has to know that they're going to get enough out of it for it to be worth it to them to spend that amount of money. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea to cater to somebody's self-interest is not just at the root of, you know, economic uh, prosperity. It's, you know, basically seduction. Everything is about catering to somebody's self-interest. You want a mentor? Go to them and talk to them about how you can help them. You know, the reason Greg ended up as my mentor 
was because he came to me first and he asked me to help him with a self-published book. Like I had something to offer him. Mm. I don't think he would have taken me on otherwise, but you know, everybody talks about that. It's like, unless you have something to offer, there's nothing to gain. So like, you know, people will email Ryan holiday and be like, Oh, I want you to meet with me once a week. I want you to do this this, and this. And I want you to mentor me. And he's like, really? Like, why, what are you going to do for me? Right. Whereas if, that same person, I'll give you a great example. So there's a guy, um, Charlie Hone, who we've here, had here as a guest. Uh, he wrote a book called Recession Proof Graduate, and he worked with Ramit and Tim Ferriss. He was Tim Ferriss's director of special operations for a while. And when he wanted to go do work for Ramit, instead of going like, hey, I, you know, I, I want to come work for you, he literally did a bunch of work for him. He's like, hey, so I saw your videos here are samples of better versions that I've edited and cleaned up for you. Wow. And Ramit hired him. And so yes. he got to work with Tim Ferriss. He got to work with Ramit because he Amazing. understood that if you cater to somebody's self-interest, they're going to pay a lot more attention to you. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, so I had uh, a listener, a guy in India who had taken a class on repurposing content who happened to be a fan. And he was like, he literally, he just this thing landed in my inbox, and I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. He was like, "Hey, Srini, I created this, you know, fan page for you for a class that I'm taking, uh, and it was just an Instagram fan page where he combined all of these, you know, clips from interviews and you know graphics and all this stuff. And I was like, this is better than anything I've ever created for my own <laughs> social media platform, my, my presence. And so I emailed him, and I was like, Hey, uh, do you, you know, are you like, <laughs> do you, are you looking for work? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, when he told me, like, his prices, I was like, all right, well, that's not really, you know, at my budget right now. Uh, but it got me thinking. I was like, that was just a perfect example of how, you know, self-interest. He catered to self-interest. And so, like, that was my first big lesson from the Wealth of Nations was self-interest, you know, is the engine of prosperity. But there's a dark side to this. And I've talked about this on the show. And that is when you take self-interest to the point of diminishing returns the consequences are catastrophic, which which takes us back to the beginning of this conversation. Uber, WeWork, Theranos, Donald Trump, all basically, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, regardless of whether you hate or like Trump, in a lot of ways, he's the embodiment in my mind of what happens when you push self-interest to the point of diminishing returns Mm -hmm. and don't actually do anything good. Funny enough, Trump actually did some good things while he was in office, but they're so overshadowed by his public presence of being a a jackass. Like Mm -hmm. he did a lot of things for criminal justice reform. Uh, People say that if you go to Scott Adams blog and you read the people just have this like moment of cognitive dissonance because you're reading these things about Trump that are actually good. And you're just like, it's just a complete mind fuck because he was such a jackass in terms of the way he acted in public that you can't even process it. It, it, The cognitive dissonance is almost overwhelming for most people. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard, fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, I'm sure he did. You know, look, nobody could possibly run a country for that amount of time and not have some positive impact along with some negative impacts. Like, regardless of, <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, you, you don't get out of that job unscathed. You don't get out of that job without having yeah, some Yeah, I mean, you go into that job with blood on your hands from day one. I, I mean, that, you kind of have to accept that, you know, that, that's what you're signing up for. So, you know, anybody who wants to become president of the United States just realized, and for you 17-year-olds out there, you know, our, our <laughs> weekly, you know, 17-year-old knock, um, this is what you're getting yourself into. Just be okay with the fact that you you may not kill people with your own two hands, but you will have to have blood on your hands if you want to be president of the United States or any other country for that matter. Dude, for that matter, I don't know why anybody would want that job. Uh, I mean, <laughs> why, why would you want it? Like, if you're smart enough to actually become the president of the United States, why wouldn't you go and start a company and become a billionaire instead? You could have the si- well, you could have I mean, just as much influence. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Well, I mean, think about Andrew Yang, right? He's done pretty well for himself. And he thought, well, I'll tell you, because he thought that that would be the way to actually have more impact uh, than, you know, starting a business. I hear that. Andrew Yang is an idealist. You know, whether you agree with his policy or not, he's an idealist. He is very idealist. Lifetime politicians are not idealists. No, no, they're cynics. And well, they're just crook. They're they're just scam artists for the most part. Yes. They're all full of shit. They're all full of shit. I mean, yeah, yeah, like it's 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 a bogus system. I'm sure at its inception. Yeah. Anybody who is 
spent their entire life in politics, I'm kind of immediately like, oh, so you are a master bullshit artist. Yeah. I've had the thought, too, Which you I'm know, sure. like, look, after I cash out, you know, 20 million a few years from now, if, if you know, we sell Gap or it gets acquired or whatever, um, what am I going to do after that? I thought about you know, going into politics, but dude, could you imagine, like, I don't want the magnifying glass on my family or any of that stuff. Like, and it's, well, not, it's not even that, that I have a stuff that I'm ashamed of. It's just, you know, well, that ship sailed for me a long time ago. Cause there are so many, so many skeletons in my closet that I'm going to get reincarnated as a cockroach. <laughs> well, apparently it doesn't matter right. anymore. Like if you just own your, uh, your, your past, I think you can still be a politician, but anyways, we're way off from wealth of nations. So sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of, we're, we're getting back there. Yeah. So, yeah. but wealth of nations, politicians, uh, you know, the politicians preventing, you know, nations from creating wealth. So the other thing <laughs> that happens, and this is actually very relevant to you. This was like a huge takeaway for me. I, and that I finally understood how businesses operate and that was this whole idea that division of labor is the key to increasing output. Mm. And I had one sort of major insight about this. And it was that in the past, in the you know, pre-industrial revolution, pre-internet, pre-all that, we used to divide labor between people. Now, because of people like you and businesses like yours, we don't just divide labor between people. We divide labor between technology and people. Mm-hmm. So- for example, all the you know bullshit grunt work that you make us make it possible for us to avoid. What you're doing is you're dividing labor between me and a bunch of zaps or, or you know digital idiot savants running in the background. Right. So basically, I have an army of digital idiot savants to do the lowest value work, and in a lot of ways, I started to see this through the lens of the wealth of nations, and I thought, yeah, I mean, division of labor becomes far more valuable with technology like mm-hmm. technology increases the value of dividing labor almost exponentially right i mean go back to uber believe it or not what did they do they use technology to divide labor aka right you know drivers between millions of people the result is billions of dollars well i mean uber and lyft could not exist without cell phone and gps technology right like the, yeah, it's fundamental exactly. to, to what they do uh, if you didn't have that technology driving and and you know supporting those businesses they would they would be so cost prohibitive in order to deliver their service that they would have never gotten off the ground well take a look at even this conversation that we're having right it's thanks to you and i the people who built riverside fm Mm -hmm. our editor josh we're dividing labor and part of the reason that that works so well is because Division of labor increases dexterity. So what do we mean by that? Well, for the most part, if you look at any company or or any individual, most of us, myself included, are mediocre at 98% of things and good at like a handful of things. Like, yeah, yeah. Honestly, the only useful thing I do at Unmistakable Curve, the only thing that I do well Writing, I wouldn't even say I do well. I do that averagely, just enough to, you know, that's a necessary evil. Like, literally, I give speeches and I conduct interviews. And creating content and giving speeches are literally the only two things that I do, that I would put myself in the sort of, okay, this is something that kind of falls in my zone of genius. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm mediocre at virtually everything else. Like, I'm mediocre at being a CEO for the most part. 
like a lot of what I have to do as a CEO, I've had to, you know, take on as a necessary evil. Right. Right. Like we have account, like we have the same accountant. Can you yeah. imagine trying to do the work that he does for us? I mean, the I amount of bureaucracy and BS that he has to deal with. Like I, I haven't talked to the IRS in four years because of him. Oh, I love our accountant so much. We should, um, He's, you know, uh, the, the next product I'm building is actually going to teach people how to, uh, you know, build their own consulting firms. Right. And yeah. I want to have a, one of my brainstorm ideas is to actually have a community where people can pay to mm-hmm. be members and they can join in on, we're going to bring in guests. And he's like the first guest because he has saved yep. you and I so many hours, so much money. Oh my God. Like I can't even begin and to got, quantify it. And gotten us money in terms of grants. And so, I mean, the amount oh of things, my gosh. the amount of time I've not had to spend on just absolute bureaucracy and paperwork because of him. Yeah. I, like I remember one of my friends was like, isn't that a lot? Like you're spending, you know, 300 bucks a month. I was like, that's peanuts compared to the amount of time. And Dude, chances are, I would have paid a lot. Now. <laughs> I'm sure it's much higher, right? It's like, it's like three times that. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, but, but, but you're he's also worth making... every penny. He's worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you probably have a lot more transactions and, you know, that kind of stuff now. So, yeah, it's, but yeah. that's a whole side. I mean, I, I think that that was like the big sort of key takeaway for me were the two things. Like if there's anything I got from that book, uh, you know, to, to go back to the Wealth of Nations, it was really these core ideas of division of labor and self-interest. And, and ironically that they were not both of them kind of work in concert, right? Because if you're catering to somebody's self-interest, you're creating jobs. So when Greg Hartle finished the project that he did, and for those you don't know, uh, go back and listen to the episodes. But when he got done, he basically traveled around the country for three years, visited all 50 states, worked one-on-one with 500 people. And he said that the biggest regret he had was the amount of time that he spent on the internet, like spending time on Twitter, all this stuff. And you know, on the one hand, he wouldn't have met some of the people they did. Mm. But when he was done... I remember the very last Facebook status update he wrote. It had nothing to do with how many followers or how many books he could have sold. He all he he literally listed the number of jobs that he created as a byproduct of that job of that project, and mine is one of them. And then you know multiply that times all the people that we've hired over the years. Like Greg's impact lives you know far beyond him because he actually understood that he he, he catered to self interest in a lot of ways yeah. by helping people create wealth. And then of course you divide labor. I don't think that it's possible to scale anything without dividing labor. No. Well, I mean, just think about it, right? All of the things that you have to do to run a business or, or even just to, even if all you like, if you don't want to run a business, let's say you're an artist and you want to paint. Well, yeah, you need to sell your painting somehow to sustain your life, your lifestyle to sustain your basic necessities. Even if you don't want to acquire wealth, you still have basic necessities that require some income in order to do that. The, yeah. There are there are two ways to go about doing all the other things outside of painting that would that would require you to achieve that income. You know, selling. Uh, uh, you know, showing your art. And I'm not an artist, so forgive me. I'll, I'm sure there's a lot more nuance here that I'm I'm neglecting. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. You can't just do the art unless you divide the labor. Unless you find people who are willing to do those other things for you. And that's that's yeah. the chicken or the egg part, right? When you're like starting out and you're like, ah, shoot, how do I do this? So a lot of us, that's where fake it till you make it comes in, right? Like yeah. my wife, you know, is an accountant by trade. Um, and she is an incredible, she's an incredible accountant. She 
hated doing my books for Gap when I started. So yeah. you can imagine, like once a month, she would just come in and, and, you know, as a marital favor, she'd be there ready to do our books. And, and she would just look at me like, this is garbage. Why have you made such a mess for me? And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm making money. Why are you upset? And But from well, her perspective, it was a shit show. So basically what you're saying is that we work wouldn't have been we crashed if Sarah had been around and you know, <laughs> Travis wouldn't have gotten away with well, granted Travis was making so much money that it probably wouldn't have mattered. Grant, they, right. they did start burning through a lot of cash too. At a certain point they were losing like a hundred million a day or something oh, like that. That's painful. Yeah. Yeah. But, I can only imagine. But I mean, all, right, well, all I'm trying to say is like, yeah, division of labor is <sighs> of labor is important. And if you, if you don't have the skill set yourself, and you try yeah. to do the thing, you are really hamstringing your capabilities of growing, period. Well, not only that, it's funny because what ends up happening, and I know this from my own stupidity, um, like I, I've seen things where I'm trying to like fix something on our website and I mm. spend five hours on it. Yes. Same thing, like even things that I've done with you. I'm just like, all right. I'm like, why did I just waste five hours on this? I could have hired one of your guys and given them 150 bucks. And that would have been the end of it. Like, I remember I spent like three days and then one of your guys got on a call with me in one hour. He spent, (laughs) he finished what I was, took me three days to do. So that's the thing, right? You think that you're actually saving money, but what you're doing is you're costing yourself time, which in the end ends up costing you more money. And Uh so it's kind of this tricky, like you said, it's a chicken and egg problem. Uh, So outside of your, your, you know, wife doing your books, like what was the first thing you let go of when you were, were starting out? The first thing was uh, my email marketing. I hired yeah. Janelle. You know Janelle. I, I think I introduced you guys. Mm-hmm. I hired Janelle to do our email marketing campaign and like, you know, kind of mapping out the whole what happens when somebody opts in. She helped me build that opt-in product, helped me structure. Oh, dude, it's crazy to think about because like now I feel like I have a really good, a decent grasp over that whole process. But back then I didn't know who my ideal customer avatar was. I didn't know anything. I built a course because 10 people said they would buy it and they did. (laughs) I had no way of delivering that course to the, to the next 10 people. I had no idea how that whole thing was going to go down. So yeah, that was the first thing. Well, it's kind of funny because I'm, I'm going right through that entire process right now. Again, with, you know, the, the maximizer app, but I'm like literally kind of building another business from scratch and kind of you know, going through the same thing. I'm like, all right, I'm sitting here and, and you do have to, to do a lot of that stuff yourself the first yeah, go around. You do. Uh, and that's okay. But you also have to start to kind of pay attention to, okay, one, what do I hate doing? What do I suck at? Yes. And what is the only thing that I can do that nobody else can do? Yes. And to me, I realize it's actually teaching the course is like the only thing that I can't just be like, <laughs> oh, somebody else teach it. Yeah. Like at a yeah. certain point I could have somebody building databases for people the same way you do. But, um, that actually makes a perfect segue into the book that you want to talk about, Profit First. So oh, tell me, you, you know, I, yeah. So what what have you learned from that book? Because I think that what is interesting to me is, uh, well, let's actually bring up the clip from Mike Michalowicz and yeah, we'll, we'll use right that there. as a as a jump off point. All right, take a listen. So I suspect the majority of your listeners right now who are entrepreneurs are experiencing the same thing. They they live on a check to check basis. If they don't have a sale this month of significance. The business is in trouble if, uh, and let alone when at the end of the year, if they're lucky to have owners pay, they're, they're not gonna have profit. Well, this is what I realized for myself too. And I said, how, how can it be that so many of us struggle with profit? Like 
we can get so much right in our business. We're able to attract clients and prospects. We're able to deliver the services and goods. We're so capable at so many things in our business, but we can't figure out profit. I literally said to myself, is there a piece of our brain that's missing to figure out this one simple thing, but critically important? And that's when I realized uh, there's nothing wrong with us. The system we follow is flawed. And what the fundamental system is, is the foundational gap formula. It stands for generally accepted accounting principles. And in these generally accepted rules, one of the rules says that you take your sales, you subtract your expenses, and what's left over is profit. It's actually the foundational formula of gap. Sales minus expenses equals profit. But here's the problem. When Logically, I get it. Logically, that is a wonderful formula. Behaviorally, it's absolutely hard because what it says is profit comes last. And here's what it is. It's human nature. When we put something last, we're saying it's insignificant. If I say, you know, starting today, my health comes last, I'm saying I give a crap about my health. I would never say that. I say my health starting today comes first. I'm such a fanboy of Michalowicz. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. He's, he's, I'm, he's, I'm such a fanboy. I love that guy. He's actually wicked smart. I like the fact that he's very, very practical. Um, he's like an OBS guy, and he has, you know, he he tells it like it is, and he's truthful about his screw ups. Like he in that yeah. interview, he talks about how he thought he knew everything after selling his first business and decided to like become an investor and basically lost a shitload of money. Right. Right. I don't know. I mean, so, I don't know how you. Yeah, have a, a you know a business background like his, and you don't have that kind of you know you, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, the more it, it, it's inevitable, right? Like the more chances you take, the more you know variability you're going to expose yourself to, and, and you're going to make mistakes. Like there are things that everybody. And the funny thing is, what's important is you have to learn from them. You know, as we talked about in our, our episode on failure. Uh, but right. all right, so. You're going to dissect your key takeaways, and if you want to hear Gareth's key takeaways and the other two books that we're going to talk about, make sure you subscribe to the Backstage Pass, where you can learn more about it at unmistakablecreative.com slash Backstage Pass. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.